What's up, everybody? Welcome to another MoGraph MoCast. I'm Matt. And I'm Chris. And this is Dat. Awesome. Uh, super excited to be here in Montreal. Uh, bonjour. <laughs> do y'all hate it when we speak French? Or are, is it like, do you like like it? You're like, oh, they're trying. They're trying. Look at the little kids. They're trying. You know? I, I learned a little bit of French on tape, and I learned how to say, I would like some French francs. But then I realized by the time I was learning it on tape, the, it was all euros now. <laughs> so it was a little dated. Anyway, uh, we got a wonderful panel of experts here. Uh, let's uh, start uh, this side, and uh, we'll have everyone introduce themselves. And make sure and talk about this far away from the mic, if you can. Jesui EJ. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I work at School of Motion. I have I design my YouTube channel. I like to teach uh, Cinema 4D, 3D, and I like to make cute characters with overly sized eyeballs. Thank you. Come, come, come. I'm Nick Nenov, and I work for Moment Factory, and I am uh, making mapping shows content for weird surfaces, immersive events, experiences, that kind of thing. My name is Mark Cernosia. I live in Burlington, Vermont. I run Profanity Creative and uh, also run Camp Mograss with Matt and Dave uh, and also run something called Monday Meeting, which is a community for uh, motion designers all around the globe to connect and just kind of uh, wrap out every week, every Monday at 10 a.m. So if you've never heard of it before, please join us uh, one of these weeks. Thanks for having us. MondayMeeting.org.org. I am not DJ Hesifitz, and I don't make half of me. Definitely not half. You need to do something about that. One <laughs> Um, I work with the Maxon training team, the most amazing group of people, uh, my boss is here, um, <laughs> that exists. And uh, we create uh, excellent and very educational and uh, content that's very entertaining at the same time. Um, and uh, my name is Noseman. You'll find me if you Google Noseman or Noseman Gian on uh, Twitter. And uh, I teach uh, Cinema 4D um, without an accent, which makes me seem smart. <laughs> Hi guys, uh, my name is Victor Dimitrov. I do work underneath the moniker Weight of Thought. I do a lot of mecha design, robot and sci-fi stuff, and uh, I work for a venture capitalist fund over in uh, America, APC. So yeah, let me toss it off to you. Hi, uh, I'm Patrick Goski. I uh, am ex-Maxon. Uh, spent a lot of years doing training, got tired of that, and decided I wanted to be an artist. Uh co-founded Montreal in Motion. So if any of you want that back, uh, please talk to the other founders. Um, they have kids and are very busy. It's uh, not bad blood or anything. Um, and I'm the 3D lead at Silent Partners Studios. Awesome. And uh, again, I'm Chris. I've been using Cinema 40 for 23 years. I did nine years at Grayscale Gorilla before me and my brothers left and started our own company. We keep on making plugins and tutorials and live streams i'm big on uh all things cinema 40 i'm not an artist but i know 
every button, every little technical detail and whatnot. So that's uh, true. Yep. And then uh, really big on community. I run Chicago C4D in Chicago. And also we have the half res conference, which is coming up in like less than two weeks now. So the biggest, uh, yeah, Midwest motion graphics, uh, design tour and that will be showing up there. Yes, we will. So make sure and get your tickets to dat Chicago. Yep. Design tour. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, thanks, Noseman. <laughs> I'm not lying, I'm lying. So, uh, that brings up a, a good topic of conversation, and um, uh, y'all have come out today to learn and to network, and for me, I think it, uh, it just uh, shows the growth of the community, community as a whole, you know? Uh, you've got Mark doing his thing, You've got Patrick who used to do his thing, and we would like that back. And so uh, I want to talk to you after this. Um, yeah, and so uh, I, I have always felt like community, especially within this industry, is extremely important, not just for networking and getting jobs and stuff, but uh, for networking and getting jobs and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd love to hear y'all's thoughts on uh, the, the what y'all think the state of the community or the state of the you know our industry as a whole is. You know, and uh, then we'll go from there. Anybody want to start it off? Noseman, Victor, I'm sure you, t- you two can both tell me. I'm not an artist, so I, I'll take a second. Go for it, Nick. Uh, I'm not, I've been kind of, well, no, it's actually we're kind of in our own bubble because we're such a huge company. So my perspective maybe isn't too wide, but I do know industry is being swept by epic games and it's, it's interesting to see how that's going to unfold and uh, the kind of established softwares right now like After Effects for example they're going to be under threat from other software so it's interesting to see how things are going to shift around who's going to get more popular what's going to be it's really an interesting time I think uh, in tool wise mm-hmm. um, and yeah like have you in at at moment factory seen a significant change? Have y'all started using Unreal for some of this stuff? Uh, well, yeah, we're 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 building even a specialized department, trying to build our own pipeline. It's kind of early days, but it is something that Walmart Factory feels is going to have to become part of our workflow. Not maybe the entire team, but we need to be able to to tackle these kinds of projects. Cool. Patrick, let's hear from you. Hi. Hi. Uh, Well, for community, I mean, and connecting, there's many different options. Uh, I think the biggest one that we're missing is in-person events. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, pandemic kind of killed a lot of that, I think, for a long time. Uh, Two years of not being able to gather was a pretty impactful thing for all of us, I think. And as someone that like ran a in-person meetup, it was a huge thing to have in the community. Like we have X now. How, how do we say that? Is that how it's printed? Yeah. Or you mean Twitter? Hey, this is Dave. I just wanted to stop for a moment and thank our sponsor, Otoy, the creators of Render Network and of course, Octane. 
but I don't have to tell you that. You know who they are. You see the results of their render engine all over the interwebs, and we're very grateful that they're supporting what we're doing at MoGraph.com, from this podcast to MoGraph TV to events like local meetups and Camp MoGraph and all our community-building efforts. We can't wait to show you what's in store, all thanks to their support. Go check them out at Otoy.com. Now back to the madness. So, like, I, I think the online communities are still really great resources to get yourself out there, see what is out there, what's happening. Um, it's really only a cesspool if you follow people that are cesspools themselves. That's true. It's the algorithm. Yeah. It's like, if you follow artists, you're going to find a lot of great information. There's still lots of people sharing their ideas, their thoughts, um, and a lot of information. Like, it's a great place to be in. Um, but I do hope that we start getting more in-person things back for sure. Absolutely. Um, and also I'm, I'm so not a fan of Mastodon. I have no clue what to do with it. And I'm really <laughs> sad people are going there. I want to say something about community and art. So Michelangelo only has a pencil. Uh, he would only produce a, a small amount of all his art. So tools is number one. Community being where you get your inspiration. Number one, it's easy to get it on the internet. But mentoring, in, uh, I teach people, and the biggest part of whoever I consider close to my community is people that receive my instruction, and uh, I didn't invent it. Uh, I'm a, I stand on the shoulders of giants that did this in the past. One of them, my very good friend uh, Simon Walker here, which has done it for uh, much longer and has mentored me to a great extent. Um, if you want to create your own mini communities, uh, mentor people. And uh, if you have any level of knowledge or expertise on anything, any experience, uh, share it. Uh, number one, it's one of the most fulfilling things you can do. Number two, you're creating a following of peers uh, that you will uh, uh, feed from as well, from their opinions. You, you open up yourselves as being most of you being artists. Um, it, it opens these avenues. All right. All right, you tell me later. <laughs> Is it me? It's a sigh. <laughs> so <laughs> create your own communities by helping people. And this, uh, you know, you pay, it's like paying it forward. It's going to come around. And when it comes to art, human inspiration is the biggest type of inspiration. Otherwise, we'll be living on islands, looking around amazing uh, nature and building. No, the most of the brilliant art and artistry has come from being with other people, right? Uh, so uh, create your own communities, mentor people, teach people, and you will learn. So I, I believe that, that that's fundamental when people are dealing with something so uh, originally esoteric because art starts from inside, doesn't start from outside, right? So uh, you have to reach out to other other people. So create these communities or latch on to the existing communities and build up. Don't don't just latch on and stay there. Become members of the community. And again, I'm going to repeat it for the fifth time. <laughs> Mentoring people and teaching people, transferring your knowledge and your, your passion for something is the best way for you to learn and create community. So I will 100% agree with that. Yeah, I actually agree with you that time, Nose Man. You know, <laughs> uh, uh, especially with the mentoring and teaching stuff, you'll be amazed at how much you actually learn when you have to teach it yourself. Yeah. Mark, you were going to say something? Yeah, yeah. So this is kind of a full circle moment because I went to the Max on Road show. I think it was 2016. Patrick was hosting it. <laughs> and it was all in French. So I had no idea what I was uh, listening to, but I could follow along. So that was good. But um, it is all about community for me because 
I didn't go to school for this. I came through like the art world and the video world. And thanks to people like Noseman and all the people up here and everyone in the community that have been teaching these skills and these programs, I've been able to make a career out of it. And so I'm not the most technical person like Chris or, you know, I, I, I'm not doing tutorials or I'm not doing plugins or anything like that. But what I can do is keep fostering that sense of community. And that's what I'm trying to do with Camp MoGraph and also Monday Meeting is just give people a platform to connect and network. And through that, I, I'm a firm believer that you'll make connections and either whether it's personal connections or professional connections, it's all worth it. And it's just raising up all the artists in our community when we're able to connect. So uh, I think community is a, a massive role in this industry. And it's very unique to this industry, as in a lot of people love to share their knowledge and help problem solve. So uh, thank you to everyone up here and everyone out there listening or whatnot that have helped me along the way. So yeah. appreciate it. Uh, EJ, I'd love to hear from you, especially coming from School of Motion, where either you have um, some newer people in the industry, you know, how does School of Motion go about fostering a type of community? So I think we we introduce the community to them because I feel like what we have is a lot of like maybe they're editors and they have just they've never even touched after effects before and we bring them in we you know we have a a community inside of school motion called the the square and it's kind of like our own little like alumni community and people do little meetups people do their own challenges you know we do like a it's like a 15 minute mograph which is kind of a fun thing that you have 15 minutes and you have to make a animation and you render it out and you post it out and i think they do that like once a month or something like that so it's like little fun things like that i know uh, we know some of the p- folks that run the Reddit group. You're part of a, your moderator. I am technically uh, a moderator. Yeah. yeah. So there's like all these little, uh, there's all these little places to find community, but it's always great to like have people that are, you know, not aware of the community at all or don't know how to plug in. And I feel like at school of motion, it's like, well, like we have people from Buck that like teach some of our classes and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, 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 you know who Grayscale Gorilla is if you didn't know them before, or Andrew Cream, or whatever it is. Um, and, and I think it's it, it's interesting now because you know how many people like you were talking about Unreal Engine and Winbush was as well. And I think what you're starting to see now is this diffusion of tools, and you have people that might have just been solely Unreal, and they're starting to dabble in Cinema 4D, or people in Cinema 4D dabbling in. Uh, you know, uh, a substance painter or whatever it is. Like, you're not just the days of just knowing Cinema 4D and After Effects and Photoshop. I think are well over. Like, like unfortunately, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. All Those the are good things. times. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of crazy. All the things you have to know now. And I think what's cool about that is like now you have like some of the gamer community coming in and and getting introduced to like the community here, and we get introduced some of the community over there. And so it's more like. We used to be a little bit tribal where it's like, well, I just use XYZ software, so I'm just going to hang out with just After Effects user or whatever. And now it's like it's so much more open. Like the doors are way more blown open. And, and I think that's great because think of all the new perspectives that you see outside of your own like little – like even the term MoGraph yeah. is very interesting because – does anyone call themselves consider themselves motion graphic artists or motion designers that use Unreal? I, I say it, but use... most people don't understand what it is if they're not in the industry. Right. Yeah. So it's like it's it's very interesting. Like I, I 
you know, I, I know a lot of people that I follow that I admire the like character artists that they use Blender and like they don't consider themselves graph people. Yeah. Like so it's it's uh it's definitely an interesting time. It's very inspiring. It could be very intimidating, but I think more and more I think it's great that we get back to community because I think community is gonna be the thing that we're gonna really need now more than ever as we head into the future and there's so much change, so much anxiety and so I think it's great that you're all here today. Like I would give yourself some round of applause for being here. This is like one of the big steps of, you know, I, especially if this is your first time, I want to propose something. I want to propose something. So before you leave tonight, you all came for a common uh, reason, uh, not to see me. Um, <laughs> before you leave, uh, we would just exchange some sort of information, uh, whether it's a link to your reel or a link to your social page with another two or three people. Just do it as a mechanical exercise. You don't uh, just grab a random person around you by proximity. You know, I'm, I'm like to do technical stuff. Someone that's around, I don't know, your height plus uh, two thirds uh, of your, but close to you, choose three people around. There you go with the math right? again. <laughs> it's not, come on, that's height, that's uh, elementary school. Right? And exchange some sort of communication to, to uh, have an opportunity in the next few days to uh, exchange uh, this is what i do this is what i do and if you don't want to follow up you don't have to you don't have to give phone numbers or addresses or bank numbers you can give me your bank but, um but some sort of way where someone can find you and it doesn't need to be very deep it can be just shallow just talk to people you're all here for the same reason right? someone just dropped in by mistake you know so uh, you already have a common denominator here uh, take this advantage. This is the, but it could be the start. I've seen this in front of my eyes. Patrick and many of us here that have been to shows, how many relationships have been forged in these uh, NABs and, and, uh, SIGGRAPHs and all that just by two people that don't know each other get mutual introduction and exchange. I mean, uh, Matthias used to do that all the time with people. Come here, you come here, you, you guys need to exchange, uh, information. And he still does that. Companies were built. You know, studios, yeah. brilliant work has been done that way. And here you have this opportunity, right? I know most of you may be introverts because you're artists. Close your eyes and just hand, <laughs> write down on a piece of paper your social and just hand it out. Don't oh, boy. That's probably my fault. Uh, but anyway, try it. Don't be shy. So, yeah, if you think I'm helping you, I have an angle. I'm Greek. I suspected. I suspected. There it is. I was wondering when he was going to mention that he was for me. I have more about Greeks. I have more about Greeks. <laughs> yeah, 20 minutes. It only took 20 minutes before he mentioned that. Um, it's a running bet. I'm going to mention the Greeks. Let's switch over to a different, uh, a, a, a different topic. Um, continuing education. Because, you know, I, I don't know about y'all, but for me... I did go to school, but I went for video, not for 3D animation or motion graphics or anything. I learned some After Effects, you know, and I like that, which is what drove me into this. But I had to learn most of this on my own, either through the Andrew Kramers or the Grayscale Gorillas or Chris Schmitz, you know. Um, uh, but in order to up that next level, the amount of work that you have to do, you've got to continue with the, you know, your online education or even in-person things, or the NABs, or the SIGGRAPHs, or something like that. Uh, how do y'all do that? How do y'all handle it? Or do you think, nose man, I'm good. I know everything. Actually, uh, I'm a high school graduate in Greece, and only for there the it is again. three years of my life. Wow, because I haven't changed it. 
uh, I was a good student. I was a terrible student. I was at the point back in the day when you could go, you could be a grade one student and be flunked at, I don't know, a ge- a geography and do grade one again. I was, I was barely passing classes. Uh, and then I found interest in um, uh, drafting and uh, electronics and uh, engineering and all that. And everything else uh, has been a continuous journey of uh, self-education. And uh, that's it. For some reason, I found myself uh, in a sport where we had to mentor younger kids. And I realized that, oh, by saying something, as mentioned earlier, when, when you teach something, you realize how wrong you are and how you need to say it. And in order to say it properly, it means you need to know how it works. And it's just a continuous journey. I've come to the point where thinking about how to solve a problem puts me to sleep. I enjoy that very much. Expresso, nodes, mogra. That's what I do, and I'm not saying it, it's not an exaggeration. If I want to fall asleep and a bit tense, I start thinking of a setup, how I'm going to put it together. Solving the problem for me is the, the, the thing I love most of all. But I still, you know, there are many things I don't know. I hide it well. Um, but continuous education, whether it's, uh, I do regret that I didn't study something, but I'm 57. Back then, there was nothing much uh, in another country to, to study, <laughs> to study. Um, there are much more, many more opportunities, but you should never, ever stop learning about whatever you're doing. Just learn more stuff that's within the field of what you want to do. I'm going to talk about this a bit later because I want to talk about uh, burnout and those things because Chris said something extremely important the other day. I do want to touch upon it. By the way, if anyone has a question... For anyone, I would love, feel free to raise your hand, you know, we'll open it up to the audience, absolutely. Just feel free to shoot your hand up. Um, Chris, I'd like to know this, uh, as far as how, how, how do you get so good, right? How, how is it that like a new version comes out and you're already up to date on all the information? I mean, I'm sure you're on the beta and you're talking to everyone from Maxon, but it's like, how do you, how do you continue to stay up to date with all this. You're going to have to use Patrick's. I'm sorry. Yours was the buzz. Well, uh, um, yeah, well, these days I, I'm part of the Maxon beta and whatnot and Rocket Lasso is giving them feedback and whatnot. But back in the day, I would get access at the same time everybody else would. And back in the day, there used to be a demo release and suddenly would be like, you wouldn't know it was coming and boom, new version. And they didn't even used to come out on any sort of regular schedule. Modules would come out and suddenly MoGraph exists or Figgy Particles exist. And those weren't part of like big giant releases, but it was always so much fun. Actually, it's kind of how I started at Grayscale Gorilla is when 12.5 came out. It's when they added a whole bunch of additional simulation stuff with like the connectors uh, and a lot of the rigid bodies. And I got it that morning and I spent the entire morning and afternoon just playing around with it. And then that night I gave a presentation about it at Chicago C4D. And Nick <laughs> happened to be at that meeting and he's like, can you do exactly what you just did for my website? So, and that was in the first year of Grayscale Gorilla. Um, I don't have really great advice because it's just kind of the way my brain works. Where I, I, know, I know the ins and outs of the software. So every time there's something new, I can, I, I can see how it's going to plug into everything else. Very specifically, an, an educational mm-hmm. trick that I like doing for myself is... And this is if I'm doing a new piece of software or whatever, is jump into the software having no idea what it does. Push buttons, see if you can do anything. Like make a cube, see if you can figure out how to put a simulation tag on it. Like, oh, I accidentally put hair on it. Let's see if I can figure out keyframes. Okay. 
I, I tinkered around. I have no idea what I'm doing. I did a couple things. Now, maybe watch a tutorial. Maybe now open up the manual and start reading. Now you've got context. You've already played around. You're like, oh, wait, I remember I did find the geometry over there. I've already got an instinct for that. So it kind of gives you this grounded structure to build upon for everything that you keep on looking at. So now it's just a constant iteration of go back and play again. Now that you know more, push the limits of, of what you're doing. And I personally, for me, I love reverse engineering. Like get somebody else's example file, take it, break it apart, like try and push it to the extreme and be like, okay, I've learned as much as I can from that file. Like let me now make it my own. I guess along those lines, especially as somebody who's been making tutorials for 16 years now, the, uh, if you watch a tutorial and you see a really cool technique, make it your own like take the techniques be like oh that's cool that's inspired me to do something when you go and make the tutorial do not put it on the demo reel as it is and don't, don't send put it, it on your client. demo reel no. yeah. because the, the studios will recognize the tutorial they've also watched the tutorial and we would i remember back in the day for some of the grayscale gorilla stuff we'd come out with a new tutorial and then like all the comments and people we'd <laughs> be seeing at meetups and whatnot it's like oh great it's gonna be nothing but shiny spheres for the next six months on all the yeah. demo reels um when EJ just... came out with his cloth inflation one, I saw it everywhere. Sorry. <laughs> what, one thing I'll add, and, it, and it's something I say at the beginning of my, my intro to C4E course that's just getting redone and coming out again soon, uh, yes, um, is that it, it, it's, it's so overwhelming to try to learn a new app. And I was just saying about how there's so many more apps we have to learn these days. But the one thing I think we all need to keep in mind is that you don't, like, I know I probably, like, for as much as you all think I probably know Cinema 4D, I probably know, like, 10% of it. And use even less than that in a day-to-day -day basis. You don't have to learn everything about the software. You just need to know enough about the software to do the job that you need to do. Or in my instance, it was you know, doing the thing, learning the things that I like, that I want to end up doing. So like the things I was showing today about character rigging and animation and stuff like that. Like I love doing that. And that's such a small segment of, of, of 3d, but it's such a vast topic too. like character design and rigging. Like that is such a deep topic, but I'm like, I don't enjoy spending a week setting up all these intricate rigs for the face and the eyes. Chris does. Chris, Chris will. I do. <laughs> no, I'm like, how many times did you contact me about different parts? Of yes, exactly. <laughs> how do I bake the eyes? Because that part of it, like, that is like a speed bump in my creativity. Like, I don't want to be bogged down by the technical aspects. And what's one of the reasons why I love Cinema 4D is I think it's such a great artist-focused tool that allows me to just create without needing to worry about, like, well, how do I model this the correct way it's like nah volume builder remesh it's good we're, we're good to go um so yeah that's the that's the one thing i would i would keep uh, tell everyone is that you know you don't have to learn everything you just have to learn about the aspects you want and i would almost i would almost go against what chris says is that just jump into the app and just start playing around i think that's where you can get frustrated pretty easy i think it's easier to like have a specific purpose of like i know i want to model a character in ZBrush and I know the character I want to model too how do I do that and then that will help me focus versus like holy crap ZBrush has a million buttons in front of my face <laughs> right now what do I do uh, and it, you can start to narrow that focus and you know that that's the part of like creator's block is you you have so many choices that you you just you you just freeze up well, yeah, just to add on to that. that. Oh. Oh, no, 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 Vic. No, no, Chris to, to, doesn't to, uh, get to, to respond counter, to Mike. To counter your counter. 
if you are if you are focused very narrowly on doing something specific, you will hit roadblocks of like, wait, I can't figure out the IK. I can't figure this out. I've got you a just go in open, like you know, just like, hey, I'm just tinkering. I'll let me find what I can. This seems neat. This that seems neat. I always just did uh, personal projects. That was always how I did it, which is kind of like a blend of both sides of it, where you're jumping in. Uh, kind of into the program trying to figure it out but also you have a goal set that you're trying to achieve as well and I always felt there was like a type of play that you get to when you do that kind of stuff where I don't know how I'm going to achieve this effect but I'm going to play around till I get to it I think I'm going to jump in too uh, I think like the the biggest thing for myself is like accepting that I wasn't going to know it all like because there's a lot of different software to learn and a lot of it builds on each one as well. Like if you have started using GeoNodes in Blender, you're going to know kind of how to use nodes in Houdini. It's not that much different. And if you know that it's going to build on using scene nodes in cinema, like so much of this stuff is shared, just like get an idea of terminology or where to find the information, like accept that we're all going to be a little stupid sometimes. Um, and it's cool. Uh, and as long as you know where to find the information, that's going to be the biggest thing. And like, thankfully, we do have like wonderful teachers out there like EJ and Chris and Noseman um, to, to help provide us with this and take some of that workload off of our backs too. Because if we're working, we don't necessarily have time to... I'm, I'm not saying that you guys don't work as well. Uh, but... Uh, like sometimes you're, you're in the middle of the rush. You, you're already tired. If we're speaking about burnout, like I, I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of people have experienced it as well. Um, I, I think I did like two years ago, uh, wonderful experience, but it's, it was wonderful. I, I took a vacation. It was, uh, quite nice, but part of that is, is trying to keep up with everything and also trying to keep doing the job. And I think, I think like for myself, it was really big to know that I didn't need to keep up with everything. I just needed to know, like, I think EJ said it good. Like you need to know what you need to know to get the job done and move on from there. Uh, cause it is going to build, like you don't have to learn every new feature. I, I don't think that I've, uh, Chris needs to know it. Um, Chris needs to know all Chris is the part of your brain that will learn all the new features. Right. And uh, uh, jumping off of that, you know, this is something that I like to do. I'll watch all the uh, either the NAB presentations or anytime EJ comes out with a new tutorial, I'll scan through it or I'll watch it. And then I don't learn it necessarily, but I log it away in my mind to where it's like, okay, cool. If I want to do that, I know where I can go to learn how to do that. So even being able to offer that to like a client or something, it's like, oh, we could do that. We could do this. We could do that, you know, and knowing where all the resources is for each tutorial, I can then put that together and create something specifically for the client. Also, a uh, quick tip. If you're on YouTube and you're watching their tutorials, just rock it at two times the speed. Just like turn that thing on. I do it for like every single tutorial. And to jump, I can't do that except for Chris's. You kind of you learn it like a different language, but you get to just like just take the information very quickly. And one thing to tack on to what Patrick was saying was that you know I've my favorite phrase was um, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And I think if you kind of embody that, where surround yourself with people that know more than you, uh, you know, just embrace being kind of a noob at everything. It makes it a lot more interesting to kind of learn because I think. 
when you know the least is when you grow the most. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, let me just stop that right there. <laughs> I have a tendency to kind of drone on. So This does tie in with a community thing, though. Um, having a network of peers where you work on the same technology using the same tools, you can, you know, you can have them on speed dial or you can contact them through social media and ask questions. That is, you know, I found myself stuck. I'm happy and, and very fortunate that I'm working for the company that makes the software. And uh, I can contact people when I have, um, you know, when I'm in a, in a pickle and uh, take these opportunities. That's why community is so important because it actually allows you to expand even in these ways. You need help on something. You're stuck. You know it, but for some reason it's not working. Call someone you know that's in the same uh, boat as you and ask uh, the the question. And uh, th- th- that's why all this, you know, learning more things and being part of a community, they're tied together. They're not uh, independent of each other. And of course, to toot our own uh, horn here, send an email to askthetrainer at maxon.net <laughs> so that we can incorporate what you're looking for in our shows. Thanks. You know how many shows, right? Who knows about Demystifying Post-Production or the Maxon Training Team YouTube channel? That's disgraceful. Yeah, Simon. Great. <laughs> Every every Monday we do a show uh, for a, a, a month. We did um, now we're doing UVs. Next month we're going to do animation and uh, rigging and all that. And people ask questions live. Uh, my uh, Twitter is always open at NoseManGR. People DM me. Uh, don't be shy. Uh, we want if you don't ask the questions, I'm going to lose my bloody job. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know this is a call for help here. And uh, we have uh, on uh, Thursdays we have asked the trainer. Uh, we have on uh, Wednesdays, uh, Max on Color, I think it's on Wednesdays. On Fridays, we have, who doesn't know what VFX and chill is? Raise your hands in shame if you don't know what VFX and chill is. <laughs> oh, you all know what it is, right? Uh, or you're pretending. Really? No clue. That's terrible, Patrick. <laughs> we'll, we'll introduce you. Yeah, and so there are, there's no shortage of people you can ask. Uh, you can tweet you can mess up the Discord servers, as far as I know. Yeah. You guys are running. We got a MoGraph Discord. So there's so Info at MoGraph.com if you want to sign up. So many we just hang out all day. Places you can go. Exactly. Don't be shy. Sign up. If you don't want to, don't show up again. Watch a show. If you don't like it, don't watch it again. And we record all the sessions. But there's so much information that, again, ties in with uh, what Nick said about community. You know, if you go to... I'm not going to mention that, that software, the free software I'm thinking about, but... The, the communities there, I've said it before, if you compare them... Unreal. Software, yeah. But the community is nowhere as accommodating, as, as friendly as uh, the Cinema 4D community. And the reason is that the person that created it, uh, so it's a brainchild of Paul Banner. Absolutely. And Matthias spearheaded this whole thing. It's a vision of real people. It's not a marketing ploy. It was created by people that understood what an artist is and what the artist's needs are. And that's why you see this vast difference if you compare the communities, other communities that have to do with any kind of technology. And Maxon, it's out there for you. It's full. You can grab it. You can contact us. We're not hiding. We're actually sticking our heads out because every single one of us here um, is doing out-facing work. No one is shy. They wouldn't be here presenting if they were shy. So take the opportunity, uh, spread the word, because the information is out there and help is always available. Always available. One thing I would say just real quick, I see a couple hands going up too, oh, but uh, what I wanted to say too is like we're all artists in 
technical ways, creative ways, whatnot, but we're also problem solvers. Right? Thank you for so pointing I- to me when you said creative ways. <laughs> but we're problem solvers, and luckily we're creative problem solvers. So that's why we're always down to like help each other out of like, wow, I, I've never seen that before. Let me, let me help you try to figure that out or, or whatnot. And I think that goes for this line of work, but I, I try to keep that mindset through just life in general, like always observing, always absorbing new information. What can I do better, optimize, whatever. But I think it's just kind of innate in us as creatives and uh, just to keep pushing our boundaries and solving the problems every time they get presented in front of us. Because if we weren't creative problem solving, we'd be the smartest guy in the room or person in the room, which you don't want to be doing, right? Facts. So, <laughs> um, there is something I want to talk about. So I, I don't know if you guys do this, uh, but I'll watch Blender tutorials knowing no Blender whatsoever and then try to remix it and bring it into C4D because I'm the most comfortable with that program. So I feel that's like a pretty fun way to kind of learn something too because like there's a Ian Huberts. Do you guys know about that artist? He's like super talented and he'll do these hacks within Blender that I just find so interesting. But they actually uh, correspond with almost any 3D software that you're using. So bringing, I'll watch like a bunch of those tutorials to then try it out and see 4D where I'm just more nuanced with. And it, they actually always work. So it, it's another way to kind of just learn something or be inspired again by something. Um, go ahead. I have to agree. Like I, I've done a lot of different softwares and I've always tried to do the same thing in all of them to compare and although some of them may have had some extra bells and whistles or more versatility, Cinema 40 has always been the fastest one that gets the job done. Like they'll always have the same solution, but you can do it. They either already have a thing for it or you can do it with one button. Like it, it's just always the best tool for production, like for speed, like I've found. But, but it's always fun to compare that. Like, ah, oh, you can do it like this and this. <laughs> and it's usually. Maybe you won't get it exactly the same, but it'll always be faster and like easier, basically. Yeah, techniques. Uh, we had a question. Uh, yeah. uh, I just had like, the question of what we'll like, really much like everyone will say. So, uh, talking so personally, I think uh, a lot of us share this, but seeing you guys like online, we like presentations, tutorials, and everything, like would give you some, would give us actually some kind of like, high things imposter syndrome and like just like not intimidation so my question is it's it's not that you don't talk like that but like what tips can you give us to like push through that how to push through the imposter syndrome you're saying and actually reach out to us read this way mean like it's itself like the tutorial yeah we're nobodies. Just realize we're just we're as big a nerd as you are. We just happen to make videos and talk to yeah. our computer to monitors more than you do. I'll, t- I'll tell a funny, a funny story. So the very first time I went to the uh, Maxon NAB booth, uh, 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 let's see, we went to the pinball party, you know, that they normally do. And uh, I heard Andrew Kramer was there. So I was so excited. I was like, I- I'm going to meet Andrew Kramer, y'all. So... I, uh, I'm walking around, you know, like I do looking for Andrew Kramer and I go out to this back area and there is Andrew Kramer, Matthias, uh, Nick Campbell and Paul Babb all standing together talking. And I was like, that's a little bit too intimidating. I'm not going to meet Andrew Kramer tonight. So, but I told Paul that story, you know, and he's like, 
whatever. We're just people, you know? And so we really are. We're nobody. You know, come hang out with us on the discords and the slack and stuff like that. And you'll see we're, or just come hang out at the bar with us tonight and you'll see, you know, EJ likes sour beers and IPAs and stuff. That's, you talk beer in general, you know. I have a solution for you. Nose man's from Greece. Are you, are you, on, a, are you on a Twitter? Uh, DM me right now. No, right now. That's, that's how you do it. That's how, and it's not only me. Imagine he just ghosts you afterwards. Like, what a power move. Maybe, maybe. But he, don't be shy. Now, the imposter syndrome, uh, you said. First of all, other than me, I have an uh, extreme ego, right? It, it's Greek. It's <laughs> Um, so I, I don't count, but most people here are shy, right? Even, you know, the, the most outspoken, they're shy. Uh, but this is an uh, advice I gave um, in, in the previous uh, discussion. You have to, whether you like it or not, whether you need to, I don't know, take drugs, go to therapy. I do not condone. Bang your hair, heads on the wall. You have to learn to step outside your comfort zone. You have to. There's no, there's no option. You can sit in a basement not see another human create the most amazing art ever, not show it. You're not helping anyone, including yourselves. You, especially if you're a good artist and you have a story to tell. It doesn't, I don't care if it's not good. I want to see that story. And you have, I think it's an obligation. I didn't tell you to become artists. You chose it. So, you know, you, ha you have to follow along with a minimum amount of responsibility that comes with someone that has a story to tell. And you can't put it out there if you don't put yourselves in a sort of precarious situation for, for, you know. So forget about I've got imposter syndrome and all that. No, you have to get out there. I'm not an artist, you know, and I've done art. I'm not ashamed of myself. I even had someone pay to buy my one and only NFT, <laughs> and maybe yes, somewhere in, in Asia, you know. It was a project I worked on years ago. I looped it and, yeah, sold it for 150 bucks, you know, something like that. Uh, but you, 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 you can't, you don't have the luxury, you know, uh, and, and this is where I'm going to make a small segue. Uh, we are very privileged in what I do, what we do, because we do do something. We, we make a living out of something we like, mm -hmm. right? That uh, is one of the biggest luxuries comparing it to the vast majority of, of the planet. So if anything, to pay back a bit of that, uh, fortune. I'm not saying you stole it from anyone. That good fortune you have, uh, just step out of your comfort zones by talking to someone, by showing your art, by becoming a bit more adventurous. I don't care about your excuse. I'm not going to listen to it. It's a waste of time. You have to do it. Yeah, you know, it's like the Monty Python skit I referenced. Sure. Yeah. You know, just stop it. Just stop it. Yeah, you, you have to, right? It's your, if you have one responsibility to overcome one thing that's holding you back is that step outside your comfort zone. Anyone that doesn't do it, I think they're not doing a service to themselves and to many other potential people out there. And the final point, imagine if, uh, imagine in your, uh, in your minds right now, one artist that you admire, where it's any, any kind of art, music or dance or theater or yeah, imagine. And now imagine how worse your life was going to be if that person had never decided to go forward and show their stuff. Mm.
Hi, my name is Sashia Dumont. I'm a writer, actor, and filmmaker. Hi, my name is Paul Robinson. I'm a director, DP, and filmmaker. We are the creators and hosts of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, an online source for all things indie film. We are a husband and wife film team and co-owners of Send3 Productions, and we started this podcast for filmmakers like ourselves who were producing on micro-budgets with Skeleton Crews. Go Gorilla is a weekly podcast that features various talents in TV, film, and web series productions. We've interviewed filmmaker powerhouses like Kestrin Pantera, Richard Raymond, Alex Ferrari, Cassandra Ebner, and Ryan Connolly. Amazing actors like Hannah Ward, Lou Taylor Pucci, Chris Wataski, and Eileen Gruba. Groundbreaking cinematographers like Jody Lee Lipes and Jessica Lee Gagne, and many more. We also offer weekly reviews of our favorite films and shows, which vary from low-budget first-time filmmakers to A-listers and everyone in between. Go Gorilla is proud to announce that we have officially joined the MoGraph Podcast Network. So if you love filmmaking as much as we do, tune in every Sunday for a new episode of the Go Gorilla Filmcast. Your, your source, source for, for all things indie film. film. Now available on the MoGraph Podcast Network. But what you have to understand about the mentoring type thing is it's not just for getting the information out there online for everyone to see. It could be the person sitting at the desk next to you or the the new kid who comes in off the, you know, just fresh out of college. And you may realize, oh, yeah, well, I've seen this Andrew Kramer tutorial. You may may not realize that tutorial is like 15 years old, you know. <laughs> So it's like, I doubt, uh, you know, any kid who's coming in who's 18, 19 years old was four when it came out, probably hasn't watched that tutorial. So there's still information from the past that we can, or techniques from the past that we can still pass down, you know, and getting into, uh, uh, go ahead, EJ, you're in. Well, I was going to say like, okay, yeah, you get lost in the flood, but why, what are you doing it for? Is it for the views or is it because you enjoy doing it? Like, I don't care if people like my stuff at all. Like, I just want to get it out there. And I think that's the imposter syndrome. And, uh, uh, like, I, I feel like I have to say this to everyone all the time. Like, literally everyone experiences imposter syndrome. But I absolutely hate it when people think they're special when they admit that they have imposter syndrome. Because it makes it sound like not everyone has it. You know, I'm like, oh, great. Like, oh, I breathe air. Oh, wow. Congratulations. You breathe air. Everyone has it. Like... I have it now. I'm like kind of shaking now. I'm talking. Well, you but, I even talk to people, and he's like, "I don't. Oh, I don't deserve this. Yeah. What am I? You know, like yeah. some of the most the most famous people, the most famous, uh, you know, people that go on concert, the musicians. Like, the, I, like there's plenty of people that say like, I feel like I'm gonna throw up before I go go out on stage. <laughs> you know, but people get past it, and that's the that's the key is that everyone everyone experiences it, but the people who are successful are the people that experience it all the time. And like internalizing, like, yep, this is just how I feel. Like, yep, I'm gonna feel like I'm gonna throw up again, but no, I'm gonna go out on stage and do it. Yeah, it's the only difference between people that are successful and those that fail is because they never even try. Can I kind of offer a mechanical solution to the question? Uh, you're not gonna just go out there and do something. Just offer yourself mm. for help. That's all you need to do. Uh, put the beacon up that says, if you need to talk to someone, I'm here. It doesn't need to be how to use a specific tool. Um, uh, everyone has different experiences from someone else. And by sharing these experiences or trying, even if you're giving wrong advice, trying to give any kind of advice betters you and the other person's uh, trajectory in life. So uh, all you have to do is tell the random person around you or your colleagues or your family or your friends that, you know something, I don't 
know anything about anything, but if you want to ask a question, I'm available. That's it. That's all you have mm-hmm. to do. There's absolutely nothing you need to know or to do. Offer yourself and it, it will unfold by itself, the whole process. It's one of those magical things about humanity, right? That's how we evolved as humans, as societies. Also, jumping back to the community thing, you know, we run a Slack channel with like 1,200 motion designers in it. We've got a Discord with maybe like two dozen, you know, which is great because the two dozen Discord people, they come and hang out. We we hang out on video all day. We are there all day. And so behind the scenes of Camp MoGraph, just come yeah, out there. Yeah. See what's going on at Camp MoGraph. Uh, uh, but yeah, we just, we will literally sit on Discord all day and we, it's an open invitation to anyone who wants to join. Info at MoGraph.com. Just email me. I'll send you an invitation. Don't plan to be productive. No, I mean, <laughs> yeah, sometimes you got to turn it off if you want to get productive. But like, if you, if you have a question, you know, almost all of us are there. Mm-hmm. And even if we can't, if we don't know it off the top of our heads, most of the time we'll help you figure it out or we'll throw different ideas out there. Well, and in terms about the DM and like all that stuff too, I would be willing to bet that anyone up here and anyone who does training, if you DM them, they're going to be like, oh shit, like sweet. Someone hit me up. You know, it's, it's not annoying. No, right. No, this is like, it's very clear. If I don't have time, I'm going to respond when I have time. Yeah. I mean, it's no, there's no, the responsibility or expectations that someone's going to DM me, I'm going to wake up 3 a.m. because they're in Europe and I'm going to immediately type an answer. No, but the help is that I respond to every single person that doesn't ask me to uh, click on this link. And, uh, <laughs> and, but I respond to everyone. Even with the answer, I have no solution for you. Right. But the, the, you know, the step has been uh, taken or exchange ideas. For me, it's simple as communicate in both ways. Number one, make yourselves available. That's very important for everyone around you, even strangers. Right? We live in cities. You can fall down now in the middle of the road and people won't even look at you. Don't be that person. Don't create communities like those. Participate. But first of all, I'm Beacon. I'm here to help. Whatever you need. I may be able to or may not be able to. I may be wrong. I may be right. But I have some words to change. And number two, if you see someone in need from your industry, if someone asks a question, make an effort, even at least to understand the problem, even if the answer is, I don't know how to do this. That process is enough to build that momentum of, of uh, uh, community and help and all that. And some of you will find yourselves doing it more and more and more. My experience, the most satisfying thing in my life is offering my best advice even though sometimes I can't follow it myself. And <laughs> yeah, it, it's true. It's true. I, you know, I, uh, I'm very confident and all that. Maybe I sound confident. It's yeah, it's, you never know. It's because it's you're from Greece. But, but uh, you know, it may be uh, appearances. I know that I'm help, helping people. Someone promised, uh, told me in, the, in Toronto that they owe me 10% of their income. That was a good thing to know. I didn't uh, claim it though. <laughs> but it's nice. Uh, uh, that makes me happy. And I guarantee you that if you start... Uh, assisting people and creating this communication, you're going to get those nice little uh, positive feelings which are going to help you with all the syndromes and all that kind of stuff. And I would say about 50% of the people that we bring into Camp MoGraph as like presenters and fireside chats, total random DM. Hey, absolutely. Hey, this is what Camp MoGraph is. Would you be interested in coming? And we have have the 
Am I allowed? Yeah, yeah. We, have, we have the creative director from NASA coming to speak at Camp MoGraph. Just and because it was I just sent him a DM. DM. I was like, you do some cool work. What do you want to do this? It has nothing to do with like space. I mean, the theme's kind of the theme. Anyway, <laughs> he was like, this sounds amazing. It like would never have happened if we just didn't send that message. So, Cole absolutely has worked for sales. Get closer to the mic. <laughs> right. Any other questions? Love to hear some other questions. Yes. I'll give you an open-ended answer. <laughs> what do you guys think about that? Oh, well, I don't. I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> we've talked about AI in every single uh, uh, panel that we've done, and honestly, it's become so boring. Like, honestly, talking about it has become really boring. It's a lot of the same stuff, and you know. Oh, you you don't like AI now? It can't do this. It'll do it in a couple more weeks. I mean, uh, to me, it's just going to be it's another it's another tool that we can use. I don't think it will ever replace us because it just I just don't think it won't. And you can quote me on that, Internet. <laughs> do you? Um, we have been exploring it, and it's very interesting. I I only like explore it personally. I would never like try and sell it in any way but it is something we're trying to keep on top of and follow as best we can because it's evolving so insanely fast but yeah I, i've been I, I was even part of the innovation team recently trying out some things uh you can think of it as another type of mapping since you have the ability to give it three-dimensional data and then it uses that in context to create things and it's going so fast uh, like obviously you can use your own internal data sets so the, the question of copyright stuff isn't necessarily applicable you can it, it's it's something very interesting to keep your eye on I would say what, what are your thoughts on the secret invasion uh, title sequence I'm, I'm asking like everyone on the panel this I'm like interested if you guys have seen it and, like what are your thoughts I sure hope they didn't get paid a lot to do it so and what about you guys? What do you guys think about that? Like, I don't know. Have, have you guys seen the secret invasion? And basically, they're using a bunch of exactly. like mid-journey yeah, prompts in order and then animating them. But what I'm like mid-journey three. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and, and from what I understand, it was supposed to be intentional. You know, like that's what it was supposed to look like. But. Well, apparently they also did a lot of work on top of it. Like they still hired the same yeah. studio that does as a method studios that does that. I think stuff. it's method. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, they still I, did a ton of work on it. I got to say, like, we, well, number one, we, we recently lost one of our artists to AI. Um, not because we replaced him by AI, but he was working on a lot of stuff to develop new tools to use in our production pipeline. And then Runway ML found him and snagged him up. So in that case, like, it was a very positive loss to AI for him. Um, but it's, it's something that we have been using in production as well. Like, it's... Uh, for me, it's like a love-hate sort of thing because there are lots of simple projects where we used to do them um, as artists and now we're actually just doing AI production with it. Um, like we have a concert that's coming up. I guess I can't really say. Uh, I was super excited though because I was like, man, it would be nice to work on some rock shows and it's just going to be like stable diffusion video. Um, so it's it's one of those things where... It's it's very 
fun and there's a lot of possibilities, but at the same time, like it is, it is kind of a threat in some ways, depending on how it's being used. Um, but other ways, like we, we did some stuff for pink and we kind of like turned her into max headroom. Um, and we couldn't have done that in a, in like a, a way where, we had the time and the budget to do that or like access to makeup and everything to make it happen. So instead it was AI and it was still like a lot of cleanup, just like the title sequence. Uh, we had two people in after effects doing roto and lots of patch up work and stuff, but it was still a quite achievable sequence. Yeah. I, I think runway ML is a really good example of practical use of AI in production where it's doing your keying, your tracking. It's, it's, it's the kind of thing I'm way more interested in. Uh, image generation is interesting, but I, I want it to do all the, the horrible things that we hate 100%. Unwrapping UVs, getting everything correct. I agree. No, 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 no. UVs. <laughs> He's not the watch. UVs are cool. Watch the show on Monday. Somebody DM him right now. Questions about UVs. I'm, I'm going to refrain from making uh, any comments on AI. I want to have a discussion uh, with, uh, with Chris at some point because he raised some very good points last time. And uh, I was still, I'm, I'm pretty secure. Uh, my AI will never catch up to my humor, my, my Greekness. Greekness. There's no way to codify that. There's no machine learning algorithm. According to Chris, there is. I think it's just another tool. If you just look at it like that and don't feel so threatened about it, and if you guys just sit around and experiment with it, it's like you still have to do a lot of work to make the stuff look good, even if it's just prompts or whatever, but it, it's just another tool. Everything's just another tool. Like when... Uh, Photoshop came out. It didn't replace photography or anything like that. It didn't blow our minds. It's just a way to basically manipulate images. And so it's the same thing with this. Um, but I will say, like, I just really enjoy the process of, like, creating art without doing it through props. You know, when I was growing up, I really, like, idolized, like, a bunch of concept artists that, you know, like Sid Mead, um, people at the time. Um, who else? But anyways, regardless, there's just been, like, a lot of really talented artists that I would look at. And then to see them, uh, Emmanuel Shoes, another one, but uh, to see some of their work and try to, you know, uh, just reverse engineer it was so like fun and entertaining that I wonder like what's going to happen in the future when you can just write, like do something like someone else's work. And that's the only part where I'm like, oh, okay, this is cool. But the growth happens from the creation, the difficulty and the challenge. Mm -hmm. So I wonder what's going to happen. Like I'm, I'm still agnostic about AI at the moment where I don't have like a clear negative or a clear positive. I'm just interested in what's going on with it. But th at the same time, I do know that 3D never killed traditional animation. It's still around. And so I feel it's going to be something like that where AI will have its place, traditional will have its place, 3D will have its place. It's just going to be diverging and we can pick, a, pick and choose what's happening in those and mix them. Similar to like the Spider-Man or the TMNT movies that came out recently. Um, uh, I'm not going to get into it in a big way because, well, Matt's saying he's bored of the topic. Like since we arrived in Monday yeah. all three days ago, we've had like six hours of conversation like at dinner talking about AI. So like it's just, we are fully in it. Uh, in the short term, I'd say pay attention to it. Keep up on the news at least. There's a couple of really good YouTube channels you can follow where it's just like, hey, here's all the new AI news this week. Just have an awareness of what's going on. But there's going to be a lot of change. It's going to happen really fast, and it's going to be interesting, I'll say. I think it's, <laughs> it's going to be excellent for texture generation. You know, 
I, I can see that happening and coming really quick. There's been a few times where I need a texture and I'll just put that type of texture into mid-journey. I'll download it, throw it into Photoshop, make it seamless because mid-journey says it's seamless. It's not seamless, <laughs> you know, but it, it's, I, I get some pretty good results out of it. I've done a few jobs where it's like, okay, I'll get an image and then I'll adjust it in Photoshop or After Effects or whatever, and I'll be able to do the work from that because sometimes clients aren't paying you well enough to go full on C4D everything. Sometimes Photoshop and After Effects is good enough, you know, well, it's a journey. I'd say too, like it's very important to pay attention to, taste it a bit, experiment. But I still think if anything, it's currently almost like a shortcut and shortcuts can only get you so far. Mm -hmm. And I think you still really need to critically think through the problems. It's not going to like figure out how to create this client solution for you because they don't know your client. They, it can get you 80% there, but it still takes that refinement of, of your artistry. I think I have to say too, like I really appreciate getting pitch decks that have like some sort of AI element, like stable diffusion. Cause like, so many pitch decks, if you guys have ever got them, it's just like the same six artists you've seen on Instagram. <laughs> it's just anyway. all man versus machine. Pretty Everything. much. Or like you, you can look through a pitch deck and you can be like, okay, yes, I know them. I know them. I know them. I know them. And it's nice when you can at least see something that's, yes, it's an amalgamation of all of these people anyway as mm -hmm. well, but it's different too. And so you're not just kind of like looking at a client who's like, I just want this exact person's work. Right. Um, which it, it at least gives you a start to something that is separated already from what their reference is. I think that's nice. Like it's, it's going to push us in a, a better direction that way. For sure. At, uh, along those same lines, there was something that Blake Catherine pointed out uh, at SIGGRAPH this year where when she's creating you know, pitch decks and stuff like that, or style frames, or, you know, just some ideas. Uh, uh, she takes pieces from a bunch of different artwork, you know, and that's a great way, a great thing that you can do with some of the AI generated artwork. It's like, okay, I like this element here. I like the way, you know, this texture looks here. Or I like these and then be able to combine them into your own sort of thing, you know, AI art. Yay. <laughs> Any other questions? I'd love to hear some more questions. Simon, I know you have a question. Any questions? Yes. For the artists among you, what do you do when you love alpha with inspiration? I go on a mid-journey and just... Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how to get inspired. That's a, that's a really good question. You know, uh, <laughs> I hate to say it, but really mid-journey does inspire a bit. <laughs> It, you know, it, it gives ideas and stuff. It, it's kind of, for me, it's kind of the new Pinterest board, you know, but it's a bit more curated, you know, where it's like, oh, I wouldn't have thought of doing it that way. So, and so it kind of like inspires a bit. It's also quite terrible if you're trying to look for a very specific type thing. What do you think? How do you get inspired, EJ? Uh, I just look at Vic's work and I'm like, <laughs> wow. No. Well, sometimes. I mean, I think that's a lot of it. It's just, you know, everyone knows the answer of mid-journey or Pinterest or whatever. But I think the more important question is, like, how do you how do you stay creative? Like, how do you get in your creative zone? And I've said this on every day of the tour, because I think it I was very helpful for me to read about this. Um, 
but I forget what book it was. I should probably figure out what the reference is. But uh, someone exp- someone described uh, creativity as a mood. And so just like you can't immediately make yourself happy, you can't just make yourself creative. You have to like, think about how you, uh, how you uh, are become happy. Like you do specific things, like you hang out with your friends, you do, you, you, and you remember like, okay, that's, that's how I get out of my mood or whatever. Um, and so it's the same thing where it's like, when you're creative, take note of like, what environment are you in? Like what actually got you, got your creative juices going and try to replicate that, that experience every single time. I think a lot of the time people just think you just sit around and then, aha, like a, like, you know, Newton when the apple hits your head or something. And it's, it's not necessarily that. So, um, so yeah. And, and, and also just not being hard on yourself when you, you, when you don't feel creative, like that's, that's fine. It's it. And I think when you, when you feel bad about yourself, that's a negative thought. And if there's anything that kills creativity, it's, it's negative thoughts and negativity. So always try to be on the positive mindset. Always say like, you know, growth mindset as well. Like I'm not good at this. No, you say I'm not good at this yet. Um, and I think keeping that positive mindset and keeping yourself open to ideas and those ideas and that creativity will come. Yeah. And just, uh, the art isn't you. I know that we like to internalize stuff a lot of the time where we believe it's like a reflection of us. It's like really not. It's something that's outside of us. Take a break from it. Relax. It doesn't mean that you're shit at something. It just means that today wasn't your day. And that's normal. Like that's everyone on this uh, panel has went through that. And it's like what my uh, uh, a few of my friends talk about is just don't have zero days, which means, you know, get up, do it the best that you can for that day and just push the snowball a little bit further. And you'll see like every single time you don't have a zero day, it will just start collecting like a snowball rolling down that hill. And uh, it's not you, man. You know, it's not you. So when you go out in the world, like it shouldn't affect your ego. This stuff should never affect your ego. It's just something that you create and take pride in it. That's cool. Show it to your friends and all that, but never let it affect like the internals. Because uh, I just think that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to and should it. Go ahead. Um, I like to mix things up because... Uh, you could say it's a short attention span or like uh, that's why I like jumping between softwares so maybe I've spent too long in Cinema 40 I want to try in something else I want to do something like having multiple things that you like doing helps you mix it up like sometimes I'll just make music that day and it's like a completely different thing and you can come back refreshed to the other thing you're doing and also with movies crazy movies um and being outside, which is something I really need mm. to work on. And that's why I think... You know, Touch the, grass. Yeah. yeah. The, the Camp Mograph thing sounds amazing. Because yeah. any time I've it gone is. into the wild and I've just stared at a leaf and just <laughs> be like, oh my God, I have to make this in free, dude. This yeah. thing. Like, you just, just go outside, basically. Yeah, I'll echo that too. Just like getting outside and uh, I'm a big, you know, outdoor enthusiast, mountain biking, snowboarding, skateboarding, stuff like that, where... You almost have to be in that flow state in a, in a bit just to like totally tune out from anything else, which allows you to kind of come back with a little bit of a refreshed mind. And what I've actually, this is kind of weird, uh, been trying to do recently is when I take a shower, have like no distractions. I used to have music on or listen to a podcast, have nothing on because like in this day and age, you're just bombarded with content and things are always coming in. And I never really have time just to like sit there with my thoughts. Defragment. 
And like, especially I've with had, two kids, and everyone, and, right? Two kids, exactly. Yeah. And people talk about those aha shower moments, and in my head, I'm like, it's probably because there's nothing else to do, and nothing influencing that thought at that moment. So, uh, exercise, getting outside, being away from the screens, being away from all of the man v references and all that, just to look at the problem differently. Uh, what, uh, one thing, so I, th- I think about nose man all the time because he gave some advice on our podcast that he was on and I thought it was really crap advice at the time, you know, but I think about it all the time. So it was, it was, it was about procrastination. You know, we were talking about that and uh nose man was talking about how he loves to procrastinate because he, he works, he works a lot better when he's had time to actually think about the problem for a while. Mm. And like, I thought that, I, I was like, no, wait, dude, okay. you just got to get into it. That's total bullshit. It's not that. And I, it's something I was planning to say uh, today. The reason why procrastination works for me is because I love deadlines. Um, and one of the reasons I'm not an artist is I can't give a rat's bottom about how good something is. I do like accuracy, technical accuracy, but I cannot spend more than one millisecond on something when I've reached my, my goal. When I've, uh, I, I've solved complex problems, I like to deal with electronics and all that. Once I've done it, I drop it. I don't care about it. I lose any interest in what I did. I like the process. And so deadlines, and that was, thank you very much for bringing it up. Put deadlines. Beeple is the, the glaring example of that. He has a deadline, 12 midnight, every day he does not care how good it is mm-hmm. 12 midnight when his kids were born he told his wife wait my water has broken i have to finish this and <laughs> upload it i'm not joking that's a story he said put deadlines in your work your if you if you linger too much on what you're doing you are never going to finish it you are never going to finish it yep. and you're going to be in that constant state of burnout constant why do people that use a spanner all day to to screw one screw at the factory don't get as much burnout as us that's because the objective is not how well they talk that screw the objective is when they're done with work to get their wages go to their families and have an overcooked steak and a beer that's the objective that's what gives them happiness if screwing that screw was part of what gave them happiness. They will go into burnout. They would kill themselves. That's what that's what happens. So deadlines and proca- well, I was going to say on the procrastination front. You know, I I, I thought the you know the, the thought process was total stupid, totally stupid until I I, I found myself uh, doing it almost um, purposefully. To where I would procrastinate on something in order to give me time to actually think about the problem instead of just jumping into my computer and trying to figure out ways to do things like stepping away from your computer and going and touching grass, you know, will help your mind kind of focus on, oh, I could go about it this way and be able to finish it that much quicker. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you, guys. You end up solving it faster. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, there's so many times I've just spent hours trying to brute force a problem 
and then I had to just go and do something else instantly solve when I come back should have just done that to start yeah. with yeah would have saved hours 100% uh yeah I live here in Montreal so I just like put on headphones and walk up Montreal it's like a really easy thing to do it takes takes 30 minutes basically just to get to at least the pond at the top of it but then on the way down usually it's when I've solved the problem the way up is all thinking and just listening to music, trying to figure something out. The way down, by the, by that point, I've figured it out. And you go back into like the computer room just completely fresh. It's a really easy way to kind of go about it. 100%. Totally agree. Any other questions before we close this off? Anybody? Just so you know, if you disagree with anything I say, huh. find, find where your error is, right? I'm never wrong. What? <laughs> I say too. Just real quick with the music thing, uh, a lot of my inspiration comes from outside of motion graphics and animation and all that. Just whether it's music or art or the environment or science or whatever, like just trying to pull little bits from all of that so it's not continuing the echo chamber of styles or whatnot. And even if it is, I'm still trying to put my own twist on it, right? So... Yeah, I think um, one thing, uh, when he mentioned Beepo, I thought that was super interesting. Um, you don't have to put it out every single day, though. I just want to get that across to you guys. It's just about working on something every day. Even if it's 30 minutes, an hour, two hours, pick the time that you want to do it, but just do something every day. There was like, I don't know if you guys watched like that uh, Comedians in Cars thing with Seinfeld, but he talked about how like um, he just had a calendar and he would just X out every single day that he worked on comedy, whether it was 15 minutes or 20 minutes. As long as he touched the pad, he got work done that day. And then he would try to go for the longest streak that he could. When he missed a day, the streak started all over again. And I think like when it comes to art, it just doesn't always have to be so like hit by a muse, like EJ said, with an app or anything like that. It can be, you know, and it sucks to say this sometimes. And believe me, as I'm saying, it's horrific, but it can be a mechanical task sometimes where you just sit down, do the routine, get your coffee, start working on it, play for 30 minutes. And the crazy thing is when you do that, that play, 30 minutes can turn into two hours to two and a half hours really, really quickly. It's just starting. Like that's the hardest thing in any task ever, just the starting. Yeah. We're procrastinating. Think about it in your head. Okay. <laughs> I want to say something about inspiration in general, just the close of my uh, various monologues. Um, <laughs> If you want to be inspired, and uh, what Mark said about echo chambers, echo chambers are the destroyer of any kind of creativity. Destroy, totally, dis it, it eliminates. You need to be comfortable. As Canadians, it's not very easy for you. Uh, you need to be comfortable in disagreeing with people and telling them about it. Because if you, don't, if you agree with someone, there's absolutely nothing new that you will learn. I do it out of principle. We used to have a debating club drinking and smoking cigarettes and, and just shouting at each other because we're Greeks. Um, uh, where we would assume the... <laughs> we call that philosophizing. Yeah, yeah exactly. We're philosophizing. Um, we were uh, disagreeing on principle just so that we can hear different opinions. That's what a debate club does. You're assigned um, uh, the arguments. But you have to be comfortable, surround yourselves with people which you can disagree on so many things uh, without that hurting your personal relationship. And that opens totally new avenues of thinking about things. And I'll tell you, I'm going to say a little story I like to say. You, uh, you all know Deschamps and the urinal, the, the story about how, you know, he was so forward thinking. He got a urinal, he signed it, put it in a, a, a gallery and 
you know. No, that's not what happened. Here's the real story. He waged a dollar. It wasn't dollars. It was a franc, whatever, um, with his friend. He said, I will put the dirtiest thing you're going to find me. And because I'm Deschamps, I'm going to put it on display and people are going to revere it for decades and centuries. The other guy said, that's not going to happen. He said, okay, find anything. They went in the dump. They found this dirty urinal. He said, yep. He took it. He signed it, put it there. And everyone thinks he was an artistic genius. So disagree. Now, that's not a real story, of course. I, I made that up uh, years ago in a, in a debate about if he was a good artist or not. But by totally disagreeing, making up, I made up a story. This can be a film. This can be, it's, it's the root of uh, uh, inspiration just by disagreeing with something that everyone else believes to be in such a way. So don't, it, you're artist. You have to think in a different way. Don't become part of that confirmation bubble and uh, all, all those echo chambers and all that. Again, you have the responsibility to step outside that comfort zone, be able to disagree with your friends, if only to get inspired. That's, I believe it's, it's worth it. So that's my final word for today. The Greeks were- some of my most productive times ever in my professional career have been when someone's told me I can't do it or like, I don't know how to do it. And I'm like, oh yeah, okay, here we go. And just bang it out, yep. right? Because like, I have something to prove to myself that I can do it or whatever. Had, had someone said, oh, I'm, I'm pretty certain you can, that's it. What a turn on. Yeah, I would have been like, mail it in, cool. Yeah. All right, on that note, <laughs> let's end it up. Thanks, everyone, for coming out today. I really appreciate it. Um, uh, Good discussions. Thank you to all of our panelists. And um, exchange contact information. Yes, exchange contact information. And come up and say hi to every single one of us. We don't bite. Well, Chris sometimes when he's hungry. (laughs) Get a couple drinks in him and I bite. And be an (laughs) imposter with confidence. That's the the big thing we can take away from this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, on that note, until next time, I'm Matt. And I'm Chris. And And this was Dat. Thank you. MoGraph.com, an online resource for motion graphic artists. Start your week with the MoGraph podcast. Industry news, interviews with your favorite artists, and terrible humor. Watch live shows and interviews from MoGraph events like NAB, SIGGRAPH, HalfRes, and local meetups. Our MoGraph talks feature live demos and motivation from artists all around the world. Sometimes you got to make stuff that you're not going to put on your reel, and I'm not here to judge. What if Rick and Morty show up for the countdown at midnight? That's where I peaked in life, in my career. We gotta stop this thing, Rick! It's gonna kill us all! 
Hear from the people that create your software, design your render engines, and artists that are changing the face of modern motion graphics. You get that render done. Yeah, you better frame frame what? MoGraph tutorials and online classes will teach you about Cinema 4D, After Effects, as well as other popular software and render engines. Throw in the HDR Studio, take the render settings, pick the HDR, put a reflection, and gorgeous. Branch into new software. Learn time-saving tips, techniques, workflows, and lessons that'll keep you up to date in the world of motion design. Oh, brother, those are some of my favorite elves. I love projects that scare me. When our art director comes to us and asks for something that I had never done before, man, it gets me pumped. Join the conversation in our live sessions. Check out our plugins or join the hundreds of daily active users in our Slack channel for technical help, advice, contests, or just to joke around. Real nice banana. Ah, that's so funny. All right. I'm going to live forever. <laughs> Subscribe today and get the latest updates on our YouTube and other social media channels. Take all your dreams and just do it. We don't care how you get here, folks. Just get here. Subscribe to MoGraph.com. Mm-hmm.